Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Masterforce Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Masterforce tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. You guys, Mother's Day is coming soon and we have got gifts for moms. We have this awesome giant tote with a built-in zipper pouch, you know, so that like none of the little fiddly stuff gets lost in the bottom of your bag. This bag is great for the beach or just for looking stylish while you lug a bunch of stuff around town. We've also got shot glasses. These are perfect for just a touch of any indulgence, whatever your thing is. Chocolate chips, your kids' graham crackers, booze. And when you buy these things, you are directly supporting our show. So you're also giving your loved one the gift of the Longest Shortest Time. Go to LongestShortestTime.com and click Merch. People start families in all kinds of ways. Over the years on this show, I've talked to people who've gone to great lengths in their quest to become parents. I met a woman who became a single mom by choice, moms who hired gestational carriers, a group of queer friends all trying to figure out how to become parents in the first place. And I've met people from the other end of the spectrum, too. People who became parents by surprise or by accident. You might remember the gay couple who became parents overnight when they took in their niece and nephew. Or the story about a sperm donation that resulted in more kids than the parents intended. Today's story is like that second group. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Hilary Frank. In honor of Mother's Day, we bring you a story where parenthood just snuck up on a couple. You're in for a wild ride, including a long-distance romance, a mysterious illness, and mind-controlling toddlers. Hannah Marley never saw herself with an army paratrooper. He jumped out of planes, and um, that was actually kind of a stressful thing for me because I'm a little bit of an anxious personality, so... Hannah's a preschool teacher. She prefers things to be organized and, you know, stable. I like it much better now where he's uh, safely on the ground for the majority of the time. Hannah's paratrooper is named Alex. He actually works for a tire company now. Very ground-oriented job. Hannah and Alex's meet-cute actually started with another couple. We met through um, my college roommate, my best friend, Michelle. She uh, married her husband, Bryce right before he did basic training for the army. So when we were in college, they got married. Then Bryce got shipped off to Iraq. That's where he met Alex. 
They were in the same platoon, got really close. Alex was single. And when the guys came back from Iraq, Bryce told him, hey, my wife has a friend you might like. And he kind of pursued getting my phone number from her, which was sort of a weird thing. Wait, wait, wait. So he just, he had like a picture of you or something? I think he must have seen my Facebook or something along those lines. But I've got to tell you, he's never really admitted to how this all went down. Like when people ask about it, he he tries to kind of say that it was a mutual thing where we just like reached out to one another. But really, I mean, he got my number from Michelle. <laughs> so Alex got assigned to an army base in North Carolina. Hannah was nowhere nearby. She just graduated college and was living with her parents in Harpswell, Maine. It's a town made up of a few islands just off the coast, population 5,000-ish. She was waiting tables at a sports bar, bumming around, trying to figure out what to do with the rest of her life. And one day, she got this text. It was from Alex. He introduced himself, said he got her number from Michelle and Bryce. Hannah was like, sure, whatever, I'll text this guy back. He's a friend of a friend. Couldn't hurt. There must have been something about him that intrigued me, but I guess maybe he just little by little wore me down. What do you mean he wore you down? He just, you know, kept talking with me and he asked me more things about myself and I could tell that, you know, there might have been some sort of spark. It's sort of bizarre to try and articulate how you can tell a relationship is growing via only technology, you know, because we hadn't met in person at first. Hannah didn't think this Alex thing was going anywhere, really. But she didn't have a lot else going on either. It was nice to get off her shift at the restaurant and have a message from Alex waiting for her. And Alex was a little bored, looking for someone to talk to. So they kept texting. Eventually, they turned to Skype. And the conversations got longer, and there were actually quite a few times where we fell asleep and Skype was still running. And at that time, I was like, wow, this is kind of a weird thing. And everyone around us probably thought it was kind of weird because no one really knew why either one of us was really talking to each other because we lived far away and we'd never met in person. And um, what would you guys talk about when you would fall asleep on Skype together? Oh, just everything, just life and what was going on and I guess probably our thoughts for the future and our families. We're both, you know, really close with our families. So things like that. Um, And did you... Like, what were you imagining for your future? Did you think about, like, did you know you wanted kids? What did you think about when you imagined, like, five, ten years down the line? Well, I definitely have always wanted kids. Um, I've worked with kids um, in some capacity or another for since I was, you know, barely, I guess probably still a little bit of a kid in some people's minds. But um, but I didn't really have a timeline in my mind Um you know, I thought maybe in my late 20s, I would hopefully be settling down and starting a family. Hannah was 22 at the time. Um, so around that time of the falling asleep on Skype, when our conversations got serious and I got really, you know, I got almost kind of accustomed to us talking on a nightly basis. Um, Michelle and Bryce were planning on coming up to Maine for the holidays. So at that time, he kind of said, you know, maybe I'll drive up with Michelle and Bryce and we can see each other in person. And I said, well, that seems like a, you know, the next step in this, in this situation, in this very bizarre situation. Michelle, Bryce and Alex made the 14 hour drive up to Maine. Michelle's from Maine too. So she was coming to visit her family. 
And Hannah was kind of freaking out. Like, like what would happen when she saw Alex for the first time? Should they hug? She drove to meet him at Michelle's parents' house. She parked out front and... He got in the car and kissed me. Oh, just right off the bat? Yes. Like a real kiss? Yeah, and it, you would think that maybe it would have been awkward, but I never felt weird about it after that. He, like, broke the ice in that way, I guess, which was a bold <laughs> move. But it played out okay for him, it seems. After that visit, Hannah and Alex were official, and Hannah decided it was time to move out of her parents' house. She picked Raleigh, North Carolina for her new home. It was the perfect place. She had a cousin to live with. She found a nannying job. There was warm Southern weather. And Raleigh just happened to be a convenient one-hour drive from Fort Bragg, where Alex was stationed. Hannah and Alex upgraded their all-night Skype sessions to real live weekend visits. There was just this one issue. He was living in the barracks, so people would be in and out. And um, it was sort of, you know, it, it has the same sort of feeling as dorm life when you get down to it, the barracks. But um, it was definitely a unique experience. And, I mean, he had a twin bed, so that was, like, very cramped. Wait a second. You say he's he has a twin bed. Are you even, are you allowed in there as a woman? Um, I don't really know the logistics of the rules, but I can't imagine that I was supposed to be, No. Hannah says the barracks are not like the ones you've seen in the movies. No row of bunk beds, no giant cinder block room. It's more like small suites. Negotiating privacy wasn't too tricky. Alex had only one roommate. So some weekends she'd go to the base and some Alex would spend in Raleigh. And they'd do normal date stuff. Walk through the nearby college campus, get Mexican food, or just stay in with takeout in a movie. Is he the kind of guy who likes to have like a really physical, active lifestyle? Not as much as you would think. Um, we like to, you know, go outside and do like hiking sort of stuff, but he's not like an over the top, uh, like nutrition intense, like in the gym with the protein kind of like ex-military guy. He's not that type of person. No, <laughs> no skydiving. <laughs> no, we have not, we have not done any skydiving. Although I think he would probably consider it for the sake of nostalgia. After about a year and a half, Alex's contract with the Army was up. He moved to Raleigh and got a place with Hannah. Which um, was a big commitment and I think something that we didn't go into lightly. We just knew that we wanted to be together and we were ready to take the next step as far as that went. And, you know, my family is in Maine and his family is in Idaho. So it's not like we would have some other sort of home base. We needed to kind of create our own home base here together in Raleigh. Um, so we moved into our apartment and we shortly after brought home our chocolate lab, Zoe, who is, um, the love of our lives. We are really obsessed with her. Um, and we also, our cat Bentley was with, I adopted him in college. So we had this little unit going with us and the cat and the dog. Alex found a job in a neighboring city. Hannah started teaching at a preschool. And we were just kind of living this Lovely lifestyle. We love Raleigh. We spend a lot of time outside and um, eating from food trucks as often as we possibly can. And just, you know, kind of just living. Hannah finally felt like an adult. No more Skyping, no more sneaking. They were serious. And Hannah started to think maybe they'd take the next serious step. With good reason, too. Alex would start sentences with, when we're married... Christmas was coming, and Hannah hoped that Alex was working up to a proposal. But while she was waiting for that, another surprise came along. This one was much less charming. As you can imagine, um, working in a preschool is 
I call it a germ party. Like I'm just, you know, I'm exposed to all of the bugs that you could possibly imagine because preschoolers are not uh, great about keeping their germs to themselves. And so (laughs) I actually had this very, very nasty, just bronchial like infection. I don't really know exactly what it was, but I was coughing and coughing and just kind of a disaster for quite a few weeks and Christmas was coming. And, um, I was kind of in and out of the doctor for probably two weeks and they weren't giving me different, they put me on a steroid and we're trying to get rid of this cough because at this point I'd had it for quite some time and it was a little bit worrisome. And it actually takes a lot for me to even go to the doctor. Um, I'm a little bit anxious when it comes to all things medical. And, you know, I have a little bit of that hypochondriac in me that many do. And so I actually buckled down and went to the doctor. And right in the midst of dealing with that and taking the steroid, I also got the flu. So I'm just like very sick, a hot mess, um, really upset because I had to miss our Christmas concert at the preschool, which is one of my favorite events of the whole year. And um, Christmas comes and goes. There was no ring, but Hannah and Alex did get a new puppy named Alba, which was great, though another source of stress. And when Hannah went back to work in January, she was still feeling sick. She had terrible heartburn. She went to a GI specialist who put her on this annoying diet. Which is, you know, super bland food and you know, just nothing yummy and no cheese and stuff like that, which I was very upset about because, you know, I like my indulgent things like cheese and hot sauce and stuff like that. What did they say you could eat? So plain chicken and things like rice and pasta were okay, but no cheese, no any sauces at all. Um, nothing with any acidity to it. So no tomatoes, no oranges. And then there was the gas. And that's such an awkward thing to discuss, but I would say to my coworkers, like, oh, I'm kind of gassy and I don't know <laughs> what's going on. And they're like, okay, Hannah, like, that's unfortunate. You know, thank you. For, <laughs> thank you for that overshare. But I was just, I guess I was just feeling like, man, I can't seem to catch a break. In my mind, and I'm not saying this because I don't want to broadcast my hypochondriac mentality. Um, I'm thinking, okay, this is like a tapeworm. Like, this is something really bad. This is a tumor. Like this, you know, we can't, I just don't know what to do. And I was too nervous to get you know, go back to the doctor. So, so wait a second. So like, so like gas bubbles, was it feeling like you had to let out gas and it wouldn't come out? Sort of. It was, you know, it was a little bit like this weird sort of swirly feeling, but not like an upset stomach or anything like that. It was just something that I'd never really experienced before. And for that reason, I was jumping to the worst case scenario, which I guess in my mind was a tapeworm, maybe because it felt that swirly way. And that's how I envisioned like a worm moving around. But Um, yeah, I didn't quite know what it was and I couldn't put my finger on it and I was definitely nervous about it, but trying to downplay it because that, I guess I was just trying to talk myself out of my own worry. To make it all worse, everyone around her was just kind of worn out by her symptoms. Nobody knew what to say anymore. So one morning in particular, we were lying in bed. It was a weekend morning and Alex I think he must have had his arm draped over my stomach or he had his arm around me and he was touching my stomach. Um, And he felt the sensation that I'd been describing. And I said, oh, that's the gas bubble. Did you feel that? Like that's, can you feel that on the outside? And he said, yeah, I did feel that. And he didn't really say anything else about it. Um, And I'm like, okay, well now I'm, you know, someone has felt, he's felt it. I'm not totally insane. This is pretty weird. And the morning goes on. I'm downstairs having my morning coffee. 
and we have our our puppy Alba who is um, much much naughtier than her older sister Zoe and she was on the couch with me and I was in my favorite white robe and Alba jumped over the top of me for whatever you know she could have been chasing the cat she could have just felt the urge to do it and she spilled my coffee on me and it wasn't um, like a it didn't even get, get on my skin it didn't burn me but I started crying just hysterically crying <laughs> like Alba why did you do that and just very dramatic the whole thing and is that out of character for you um I'm a little bit of a dramatic person and I do cry about things but that type of you know crying over spilled milk crying over spilled coffee mentality is yeah, you were a bit. literally crying over a spilled drink <laughs> yes which you know <laughs> the biggest cliche <laughs> so that yes that level like reaching that cliche is beyond my own normal level of drama um So yeah, it was a little bit weird. It was a weird thing to cry about. Alex thought it was pretty weird too. Once Hannah had calmed down, he sat down next to her, took her hand. Alex says to me, okay, I'm going to say something to you, but I really do not want you to freak out. I'm like, okay, that's weird. And I said, all right, we'll just say it (laughs) because now I'm, I'm nervous. And he says, I just think that we might need to have you take a pregnancy test. And I'm like, Oh, and I didn't even know what to say. And it freaked me out. I've never in my life taken a pregnancy test. Hannah thought this was crazy talk. She hadn't been throwing up, no pain in her boobs, her shoes still fit. But to settle it, they went out and bought a pregnancy test, a two-pack. I'm like a, I'm a pretty big water drinker. So I was able to just go pee right away. And we took the test and set it down on the counter. And it immediately turned positive, like instantaneously. And I looked at him and I was like, I don't think it's supposed to, you know, it it says we're supposed to wait this amount of time. Like maybe I did it wrong. So we opened the second one and we did it a second time. And that one also immediately turned positive. And the other two that he went and got at the store after that also immediately turned positive. (laughs) Not that you were in denial or anything. (laughs) No. And, you know, we like tried the different methods. Like they recommend, like, if you're, you know, worried, like you could pee in a cup and then have it sit in the cup or whatever. Like we, we followed all the instructions and there was really no disputing it. Hannah was pregnant. Yeah, 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 yeah. You probably saw that coming, but she didn't. And there were other things she didn't see coming either. Don't go away. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. 
Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. We are back with Hannah Marley, who at 26 years old did not know she was pregnant. When we left off, Hannah had taken four pregnancy tests and they were all glaringly positive. So I am just in like this very hysteric, dramatic space trying to wrap my mind around what's happening. Hannah just keeps thinking, this cannot be right. I was on birth control. The birth control that I was on is called the mini pill. um, And it's a very low dose of hormone that you take all month long. So you don't actually have a monthly period. So I hadn't had my period, but that was what I was anticipating happening on that method of birth control. The mini pill contains just one hormone. Many birth control pills have two. But just like with combo pills, you got to take the mini pill at the same time every day. Hannah had been on it for over a year, and she was really careful about taking her pill. She had an alarm and everything. I was dotting on my I's and crossing my T's. Um, and if there was ever a time that maybe I missed it or had to take it late, we always would use a backup form of birth control. So you know, I felt like we were being pretty diligent. According to the CDC, the failure rate for the mini pill is 9% with typical use. That means it works 91% of the time, including all the people that take it incorrectly or inconsistently. And Hannah was consistent. Now, if a 9% failure rate seems insanely high, it's good to remember most forms of hormonal birth control have somewhere between a 6 and 12% failure rate except IUDs, which have less than 1%. Back to Hannah and Alex. They get these positive tests, and they're in shock. Cannot believe it. First thing they do is call their moms. Next, they see a doctor. So I'm profusely sweating. I'm sitting in the little room where you would get an ultrasound, and the ultrasound tech is super nice, and it's like sort of deja vu because, you know, Everyone's seen this sort of scene on TV, and um, she is looking, and she confirms right, like, yep, yeah, yeah, you're, you are very much pregnant, and there's a human in there. And she said, so if you're far enough along, do you want to know the sex? You got to be around 15 weeks pregnant to find out the sex of your child. Then she turns to me and she said, so how far along did you think you were? Like, how long, how far along were you guys thinking? And I said, well, we really don't know. And I kind of explained to her about the birth control. And um, she said, okay, well, you're measuring at 30 weeks. (laughs) Wait a second. Wait a second. 30 weeks? Yes. Yeah. So we, it was, um, it was, well, it was just about to be summer. And um, it was probably, it must have been early June. And the due date that we were given was the 10th of August. And I really wish that someone could have gotten a photo of my face when she said that, because I'm sure it was a, you know, a pretty memorable expression. In just a couple of days, Hannah had gone from a gassy hypochondriac on a bland diet to an expectant mom, like imminently expectant, with, it turns out, a girl. So how did you and Alex react? We were like, what is happening? (laughs) What is going on right now? This is like an alternate reality. But um, 
yeah and I was sweating profusely I remember standing up from you know laying on the table getting the ultrasound done and the paper was just stuck to me like very embarrassing and just you know it was just all the all the emotions I think if anything we were a little bit quiet and at that time in the doctor's office just wanted to get as much information as we could because there was a lot to catch up on you know um like six months worth of stuff to catch up on. Wait a second. Okay. You really didn't know? I really did not know. I really did not know. And I really, honestly, I had not gained a lot of weight. I had gained a, a little bit of weight, um, you know, but when I, when I put on weight as a person, it's always in my hips. So I just thought, okay, I'm like, I haven't been getting to the gym. I've been feeling sick and been so lazy and lethargic. And I had actually told friends of mine, like, oh, I can't wait for school to be out because I'm going to get back on my workout regimen and just get myself back into a normal routine. And, um, no, I didn't know. And I really didn't start to seriously show until right around that time. I really, honest to God, I had no idea. And did Alex tell you after the fact when he felt like the thing moving in your stomach, or was he like, oh, that felt like a limb? Yes, yes. Alex's mom actually has five boys younger than Alex. So Alex has been around his mom pregnant plenty of times, and he's felt that sensation. But I had never felt that on anybody else. I'd never touched a pregnant lady's stomach before. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just It just never came up organically in my life. Um, there were a million things that when we found out that we were like, oh, okay. You know, like there were a million things that were a little bit weird and it all snapped into focus and made sense. Like there was this strange soreness Hannah had felt in her hips, a a widening. And there were all the times she had to get up and pee in the middle of the night. And, um... Like when I first got was put on that bland diet, Alex went and got groceries, which is a wonderful thing to do. And he got himself a frozen pizza and I lost my mind because I couldn't have the cheese and the sauce. I'm like, why did you get <laughs> pizza and you're gonna eat pizza in front of me? Which is so like, yes, he can have pizza. I don't I don't care about that, like in retrospect, but that and um oh my dog's puppy breath, Alba's puppy breath, I was so grossed out by it. And I'm a dog person. Like I really like normally I would just be eating that up. Like I would just love that like puppy breath all over. But I was so grossed out by it. And, um, we went to, um, a concert, we went to see Patty Griffin and she is originally from Maine. She's from, um, the town actually that I went to college in and she sang some, I mean, I just was like bawling at these songs and sometimes I'm moved to the point of tears at, you know, in a live music situation, but this was just like crying really dramatically. Luckily it was super dark. So nobody knew. This stuff now, in hindsight, makes perfect sense. But other stuff makes no sense at all. Like, what about all those doctors Hannah saw when she had the flu or heartburn? Why didn't any of them give her a pregnancy test? Hannah says she thinks maybe it just fell through the cracks. She's not mad, but she's also not visiting those doctors again. Obviously, I was very concerned um, when we first found out because we had, you know, I had been taking different things to try and get my heartburn under control. I had remained on my birth control because as far as I was concerned with that, um, I still needed it. Um, but I found out that the hormone that they use in the mini pill um, is the same hormone that they give to women who have 
um, had maybe a series of miscarriages or they were trying to keep a pregnancy viable. So once the baby was in there, I was just incubating her with the birth control pill that I was taking. The hormone in Hannah's pill, progestin, is the synthetic version of the naturally occurring hormone progesterone. Research is mixed on whether progesterone treatments actually help prevent miscarriages, but still, Hannah's OB assured her continuing to take the pill did no harm to the baby's development. And what what about other things like, um, you know, when you're pregnant, you're not supposed to drink alcohol, have caffeine, eat certain types of fish. You're supposed to take prenatal vitamins. Um, was there any concern that you hadn't been taking care of yourself properly? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I did have an occasional Bloody Mary during my pregnancy. Um, I had sushi during my pregnancy. Um, and no, I obviously wasn't taking prenatals or anything like that. Um, and you know, one of the OBs in my practice said to me, I think what we have to focus on is where we are now. So, you know, there are people that will have a glass of wine every day of their pregnancy and their baby is a very normal kiddo. And I wasn't overdoing it on the coffee. So there were things that, of course, I was panicking about, but there was nothing that I was doing that was at such an extreme level that the that the doctors were concerned. Um, and, you know, to this day, I have, you know, lingering worries about that. Um, like what, what are are you concerned about? I just, I just worry that something might go wrong, uh, developmentally or, um, you know, just silly, anxious kind of things, but I would place the blame really heavily on myself because I hadn't known. And I, you know, I just feel some, I guess it's mom guilt that I have. Like, I wish I had been aware and been taking a, a little bit better care of myself during that time frame, but I also think it's just this incredibly cool thing that my body just knew what to do. And it just grew this baby, this beautiful baby. Hannah's doctors did not even categorize Hannah as a high-risk pregnancy. Yes, she discovered her pregnancy late, but from what they could see, everything was normal. So Hannah and Alex had a few weeks to get used to the idea they were going to be parents. They started telling people Hannah was pregnant and that the baby would arrive any day now. I think the biggest thing that stressed me out was having to tell my boss. Um, but as far as just making the announcement in general, we just kind of jumped off the deep end with it and everyone was very shocked and we just were very honest and we told people what had happened. And some people that were around me a lot would say, Oh, I had an idea that you were pregnant. And every time someone said that I would get so frustrated because I really wish they would have said something. And I know that's like very taboo and you never want to say that to someone because maybe they just have put on a little bit of weight, but man, I would have loved someone to say, Oh, you seem like a little pregnant. And it's really funny because, um, three of my coworkers and then a couple of the moms in the preschool were all pregnant at the same time. So I was literally, pregnant and surrounded by pregnant women, including my boss. My boss was pregnant. So we sat down to have this conversation and we both were like preparing to have our babies. When you would tell people, um, was there any part of you that felt embarrassed? Like, would you try to hide that you, that it was a surprise? I think that there is a stigma attached to not knowing that you were pregnant. And there's, um, that very dramatized show I didn't know I was pregnant, uh, that makes it seem like, you know, kind of a flub on the part of 
the person, especially the woman. But, you know, you would expect a woman to know what's going on with her body. It was just never glaringly obvious to me. And I never felt that feeling, you know, I thought that I would know. I thought that I would have this like connection feeling with my own body that would say like, hey, there's a tiny human in there. And I'm, I think that, you know, it was hard to explain that to people, but at the same time, it's our reality and our truth. So I just kind of owned it. As you can imagine, though, missing out on the first three quarters of your pregnancy can really intensify every new thing you do notice about your body. Once Hannah was laying in bed, put her hand on her belly and the baby. She responded to the touch, you know, and I just thought that that was the most amazing thing. And I wish that I could have enjoyed more of that and not felt, um, so nervous, you know, like thinking that something was wrong, but, you know, be able to enjoy the fact that there was my little human growing in there. (laughs) I think I say a lot that I look forward to, um, being pregnant again, because I would really like to sort of live that out and be involved in all of the phases of it and know what's going on. And so when I'm feeling really exhausted, I know that's because of the small human and not just because I'm tired and like, you know, didn't get enough sleep or whatever. There's just a lot of it that I'll want to experience and feel. And I hope that my symptoms remain in that mild category again for the second time around, because maybe I'll just be miserable and it'll be glaringly obvious that I'm pregnant. Did you ever, um, prior to this experience, like see the TV show, I didn't know I was pregnant or see like a tabloid that had that kind of headline and, and, and like, what would you think of stories like that? I think I probably would have rolled my eyes about it just like your average person would. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't give it very much thought because, you know, again, I thought I would probably know if I were pregnant. And I thought I would probably be like much larger than I was. I just thought that I would be clued in sooner than um, at the last minute in the way that we were. You know, I've seen um, pregnant women look like all different kinds of shapes. And I can remember one of my friends in particular um, who was very disappointed that like all the way up until almost the very end, she just looked like she was putting on weight. She didn't look pregnant. And she would be like, "Ah, damn it. Why can't I just look pregnant? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. It didn't feel like um, that cute sort of baby bump way that you would want to feel like and assume that you look kind of cute until the tail end. And at that point, I was just sort of waddling around. It was summer and hot in North Carolina. And so I was in my bathing suit, just like roaming about at the pool and um, not caring. So I totally missed that like feeling cute window. It went from just like feeling like I had put on some weight and being insecure about that. And then it jumped right into like, I'm just large and in charge. (laughs) There was no middle ground at all. Mm -hmm. And then um, did you have to think of a name really fast? I have a note in my phone, like in the notepad app, just full of names. And um, again, a a little bit of a planner. Um, Everly wasn't on the list. I, uh, I just knew that it was her name. I had been kind of perusing names once we found out and we were between Everly and Ella. And I just, as soon as we started saying Everly, I knew that was her name, Everly Reese. In a minute, Everly arrives and Hannah develops a new relationship with 
basically all children. Stay with us. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. We're back with Hannah Marley, who learned that she was pregnant after seven months of not having a clue. Hannah and her partner, Alex, had less than 10 weeks to prepare for their baby. Luckily, they knew how to find baby stuff. Hannah works at a preschool, so tons of parents wanted to give her clothes and furniture. She even got a hand-me-down crib from a family she'd nannied for, which felt really special. Hannah's biggest fear was childbirth. The idea that a baby was going to come out of her body in the next couple months was a lot to wrap her head around. And there was no time for classes. Before Hannah could even make it to full term, though, she found out she had high blood pressure. Too high to wait it out. She got induced three weeks early. There were a few little hiccups, but I was able to deliver her vaginally, which I was really excited about. Um, I was super exhausted, so at one point my doctor had me take a break, but I did a few more pushes and she was here. Suddenly it hit Hannah. This was real. Oh my God. It was the, it was just, you know, all of the feelings. <laughs> I just, every, every sort of feeling was happening at that time. And I would have expected myself to be crying. And I think I probably welled up a little bit with tears and Alex and my mom were crying. And, um, I just felt like it's super cheesy to say, but it just felt like she was meant to be with us. Were you, were you a little bit though? Like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And like, oh my God, this is, that is a real human that just came out of my body. (laughs) Like what is going on? Like I, you know, is this really my life? I mean, probably a combination of like what on earth is happening and also just contentment. Like it felt uh, very like a missing part of my life was suddenly there. And I know it's like beyond cliche to say, but it's, it's true. That's how I felt. Um, you work in childcare. Do you, do you feel like your experience working with young kids has prepared you for becoming a surprise mom? Oh gosh. You know, in some ways, yes. I think that I felt confident about certain things that I 
I have friends who, you know, don't, they don't have the experience that I do with children. And they've said to me, like, I just have no idea how you are doing this. I said, well, you know, I've had a little bit of practice. Like, you know, I've, I've dealt with random tantrums in public. So I'm not nervous about that. I've dealt with diaper explosions. I've dealt with all those sort of nuances and those children weren't mine. So if anything, those types of things are a little bit more difficult when it's not your own kid. Cause you're a little bit less understanding of other people's children. I've come right. to learn. I didn't, I didn't know that at the same time I had many nights that I would come home from babysitting or whatever and say to Alex, Oh, we are never doing this. Like we are, our babies are, <laughs> our babies are going to sleep in their beds or like, <laughs> you know, just certain things that I thought that I was going to be a stickler about. And I'm so not, I'm just, I, I get almost a little bit annoyed at myself, but Everly totally runs the show. What are you, what are you doing that you swore you would never do? Well, we've co she co-sleeps some of the time and I definitely can't handle her crying it out and um, stuff like that. Like she just sort of is the tiny little powerhouse that runs our lives now. (laughs) And I'm also way more of a sucker as a teacher. Like my students, you know, they're able to play to my, my like hormones now more than they ever were before. And what do they do? Four year olds, they know how to take advantage of a situation like, um, oh, I guess band-aids would be a great example. Like they know that if they act sad, I'll give them a band-aid where my rule in the past would be like, if you're not actively bleeding, we don't need to just put on a band-aid for the, (laughs) for the vanity of a band-aid. But now, oh gosh. Now everyone's wearing band-aids. They are playing me like you. And I try to put up a front, but they know how to wear me down way better than ever before. So what do you what do you make of all this? What do you what do you think of it now that you've gone through it? Oh, you know, um, maybe a, a month or so after Everly was born, um, we found out that my dad, um, had cancer and it was pretty, pretty far down the line. And there wasn't a lot that we could do except for try to do treatment to give him more time. Um, and so, um, I just think that it's such amazing timing and I would be so lost, but I just have this new and incredible purpose in my life. Hannah's dad was a chef, and he would fantasize about sneaking down and make breakfast for Everly when she got older, while her parents slept in. Sadly, he died before that could happen, but he did get to know his granddaughter and make her smile and coo. Everly is almost a year old now. She's healthy. She's a ham. She gets along well with the animals in the house. And since Everly arrived, Hannah has had one other surprise. We had a session booked with our photographer who did Everly's newborn photos. Um, she said, okay, I'm just going to get one more shot of you guys. And I was just sort of fussing around with the baby, like shifting her around. And I turned around to see how she was going to pose us. And there was Alex on one knee right behind me. And, um, you know, they had been scheming. So (laughs) everybody knew what was going on, but me. Do you like surprises? I don't think I do. I, I, I don't. I've never thought that I did, but I have had some 
surprising things happen that turned out to be wonderful things. So I guess I do now. I do when I don't. <laughs> I just wonder if maybe I've like used up my quota of surprises at this point. I think I've had like uh, one major surprise and that's probably enough for my lifetime. Hannah says every time she gets heartburn, a little part of her is like, oh God, am I pregnant? She and Alex now keep a pregnancy test under the sink. We want to know how you relate to Hannah's story. Do you like surprises? When has your family surprised you? Go to longestshortesttime.com and tell us everything in the comments for this episode. That's episode 122. Today's show was produced by me, Hillary Frank, with Abigail Keel and Kristen Clark. We are edited by Peter Clowney. Our engineers are Pete Karam and Jared O'Connell. Our technical director is the Reverend John Delore. Our music is performed by hotmoms.gov and directed by Allison Leighton Brown. We get editorial support from Amory Baldonado, Antonia Acatunde, and Rika Murthy. Next week on The Longest Shortest Time, we get some parenting advice. Never hug and kiss them. If you must, kiss them once on the forehead when they say goodnight. Shake hands with them in the morning. Give them a pat on the head if they have made an extraordinarily good job of a difficult task. I talked to writer Nicholas Day about the history of parenting fads. And you guys, some of these will really make you question how the human race has survived. Do not miss this episode. Subscribe to The Longest Shortest Time in Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or wherever you like. And be sure to rate and review us. This helps new people to find our show. So go do that now. And as always, here at The Longest Shortest Time, we are looking for your stories. Right now, we're collecting your questions for an upcoming episode. So we've done sex advice for parents a few times. Next up, we're doing sex advice for grandparents. This topic was a suggestion from a listener. So all you silver foxes out there, send us your questions about getting it on. Or if you might have a parent who needs some advice about this stuff, tell them to send their question to hello at longestshortesttime.com. Or you guys just tell us anything. Go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story. Peanut butter. Why you put peanut butter in some pancakes? Adding peanut butter into a pancake mix, you don't see that a lot. Hi, I'm Dan Pashman from the Sporkful Food Podcast. Here's a special preview of our latest episode. It's entitled Searching for Rosa Parks Pancakes. Last year, the Library of Congress posted a bunch of the personal documents of Rosa Parks online for the first time. There are postcards from Martin Luther King, lists of volunteers for the Montgomery bus boycott, and pages and pages of journals. Buried in this trove of papers is another document that doesn't have as much historical significance, but got my attention. Sift together, one cup flour, two tablespoons baking It's a pancake fat, recipe for feather-light pancakes written on the back of an envelope. A third cup peanut butter melted. At first glance, this recipe may just seem like a charming footnote, but I think it's a lot more. It's a window into a time and a place and a person. Today on The Sporkful, we're going in search of Rosa Parks pancakes. And yeah, you heard right, they've got peanut butter in them. Turns out that's not just a brilliant culinary idea. It's also a big part of what makes this recipe historically significant in its own right. We'll go to the Library of Congress in D.C. to see the recipe and speak with the curator. Then to Detroit to meet Rosa Parks' nieces who wrote a book of her recipes. And finally to New York to make the pancakes with food writer Nicole Taylor. 
I said we're making Rosa Parks pancakes. He was like, oh yeah, Rosa Parks, the woman who didn't get up from the bus and also she sued Outkast. And I was like, oh right, she did sue Outkast. <laughs> and I was like, that's why we're making the pancakes because we have all these misconceptions about her. And she's human. And the pancakes is like the most human thing, right? Hear this episode and many others when you subscribe to The Sporkful today in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stitcher. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.